Connection. Ladies and gentlemen of Lafayette. The Hammered Down Show with Jared Jesselitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited. He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette sports. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go to that voodoo that you do so well. We're gonna we're still gonna put you on a good show today. Uh, I got Coach Brian Nay, Central Catholic Knights. He's gonna join me here in about 15 minutes. Uh, we'll talk to him. A uh, big uh, win in the pouring down rain, much like everybody in the area uh, on Friday over Western. They secure third in the Hoosier, and uh, now they got a match up against Winnemac this Friday night at La Rocca Field to kick off the sectional. So we'll talk to him about those performances and uh, more. Uh, also, no, I don't have an also. See, look at that. I'm losing, I am absolutely losing my mind today uh, with the uh, the sinus congestion and all that stuff and the medicine. I'm still powering through. Let's go. Uh, we do start with need to know news. Here's your need to know news. Colts quarterback Anthony Richardson will undergo season-ending surgery to repair his right-throwing shoulder. Jim Irsay making the announcement, as Jim Irsay is apt to do. Uh, The fourth overall pick had an AC joint sprain against the Titans back in uh, early October. Colts medical staff, in conjunction with other specialists from across the country, have been talking about the next steps, and this is how they got to that spot. So Anthony Richardson done. Uh, in his rookie campaign. More bad news for the Colts. Grover Stewart, Dunzo for six games for violating the league's policy on performance-enhancing drugs. He'll be eligible to return on Monday, December the 4th. That's ahead of the Colts' matchup with the Bengals. Don't have an official word on how this got triggered, but the Colts, in their press conference today, seem to think it wasn't anything of a malicious intent, that it was an accident. Stewart had released a, uh, released, it, had released a statement on his Instagram taking responsibility, but it really didn't shed light on what exactly had happened. It seems like maybe he had taken something that had a banned substance in it, maybe unknowingly. But at the end of the day, Stewart's done for six games. Bears rookie quarterback Tyson uh, Badgett is in line to make his first NFL start this weekend. Matt Eberflus said today, uh, said on Monday that Fields is still likely out uh, this week after dislocating his right thumb in the loss of the Vikings. Uh, he has been out. Of, he was out of practice today, so as a result, the team's preparing Tyler to start against the Raiders on Sunday. No word who's going to start for the Raiders either just yet. Jimmy G ended up in the uh, hospital after his game uh, this week with a a back injury of sorts. Didn't practice today, actually. I literally came across the wire here. 
did not practice today. McDaniels doesn't have any other updates. Aiden O'Connell could get the second start. We don't know. Well, wouldn't that be something? Uh, the NFL announced uh, that today, Raheem Mostert, your AFC Offensive Player of the Week. He helped his team that 42-21 win over the Panthers. Mostert ran 17 times, 115 yards, two touchdowns, and a touchdown catch from Tua Tagovailoa. Yeah, he's good. It's just a, his journey from Purdue, injuries and stuff, all the way to San Francisco, now a Dolphin. I mean, it's just... Well, he's been around for a little bit. It's nice to see him finally stay healthy and thriving. Tonight, Boilermakers, Volleyball, 7 p.m., Big Ten Plus. Boilermaker blackout matchup against Indiana. Hoosiers are 15-6. and six. They're 5-3 in the Big Ten. Same as Purdue. Purdue actually 11-6 overall, 5-3 in the Big Ten. Again, 7 p.m. tonight on Big Ten Plus. That's about all we got for you here. Not a not a huge sports day today, much like yesterday, but uh, that is still your need-to-know news. I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on. It's just it's not directly impacting our local teams. Like Kyler Murray, they opened up the window for him, but he didn't come into play till Christmas Eve uh, against the Bears. I don't, they don't play the Colts, do they? I think they played the Colts this year. Or maybe they do. Shame on me for not double checking. I know they play the Bear, or they play. Um, I know the Bears play them, but I didn't think the Colts did. But I for I, I didn't check, and they don't. I got nervous there when I remember they played the Rams the other day, and I'm like, oh gosh, are they playing that division? No, it's, that's not the way it goes down. So, I mean, you got stuff like that happening. Deshaun Watson may or may not play this weekend, but nobody's playing the. Browns. The NBA is mulling going back to an East versus West format for the All-Star game. Who cares what teams they're on? All they do is just go down there, either shoot it, dunk it with like no defense. Nobody cares that much. Who cares what teams they're on at this point? Ugh, forget that noise. Yeah, it's just kind of the way it is. You got two hockey games tonight, neither of which involve uh your uh your your Bulls or your Pacers. Houston and Texas tonight, Major League Baseball. You got two college football games tonight. It's just kind of like, eh, what are you doing? What are we doing? I wish there was a little bit more. There's not, unfortunately. So uh, let's just let's just keep rolling on here. Look, last night, how'd we do? Man, Liberty. They didn't want to get the cover. Um, we did we we swept those shot props, didn't we? I think we went uh, one of two on the goalie save props. 
Not terrible. Oh, we hit the uh, we hit the over in the baseball game too. Thank you, Philadelphia, for carrying that. Appreciate it. So let's get back after it again. Our friends over at uh, at DraftKings always have a whole lot of great promotions for you. They'll do it again tonight. Super boost tonight on uh, Garcia to get two plus bases, boosted a plus one fifty. A no sweat same game parlay, same game parlay X tonight. We got a gift goal in the first 10 bonus uh, up to even money in Pittsburgh and Detroit, which is at minus 175, so I'm 100% taking that. Uh, A 25% boost on whatever bet you want to make tonight in Major League Baseball. And then they'll have boosts again for you for the rest of the week as, uh, as well, including tomorrow night. So what do we want to do tonight? Um... Look, not a ton that I love tonight. There's only two hockey games. I'm on Malkin to score over two and a half. I'll take Brady Chuck to uh, go over three and a half in the Ottawa and Capitals game. I'll just parlay that together. We're not going crazy tonight. There's just there's not a ton of action. Not a ton of good action, at least. I do want to start looking at College football. Uh, I, I lo- look when it comes to college football. Uh, there's a couple of games this weekend that just the over unders are so ridiculously. Have you seen what the over under in the uh, Iowa game is now? Iowa Minnesota. The under over under is at thirty one and a half. Are you kidding me? 31 and a half. And yet, I see Iowa and I can't bring myself to want to play the over in that one. I'll tell you this, though. you got to like Minnesota plus four and a half. If that's what it still is. I probably could have double-checked at what it was at this hour, but... I mean, it's so it's so tough to get that 31 and a half. So tough for you to want to go under on that. But you got Minnesota still three and a half. I still like it. Minnesota coming off a bye. Iowa's yet to have their bye. They're banged up. Iowa as a home favorite. Of more than four points in conference play since 2005, they're 14, 26, and three against the spread. Only one other team has been worse than that over that span. That's Florida State. 14, 26, and three in covering at home since 2005, over four and a half points. And if it's going to be that low scoring of a game, I just don't see the. Uh, I don't see it getting that out of hand. Just an absurdly low total. I mean, this just sounds like a field goal game to me. I feel like you get on this early here. I don't know that it's going to get below 31 and a half either. So if you feel like rolling the dice and going with the over, good luck. 
I want to avoid that at all costs. I mean, Deacon Hill has been terrible, 23 of 62 for 262 yards. It's really, really, really bad. And I'm sh- I know that they had to ask this kid at the last second to not go to Fordham and come over here to Iowa. Well, there's got to be somebody else on the roster. Got to be. Fading Iowa as the favorite here, yeah. It's the offense that ranks dead last in success rate. Even if their defense is good, their offense can only do so much damage. They just can't. So as long as Minnesota doesn't turn the ball over in plus territory, they're going to be okay. That's the early bet I'm on there. Take Minnesota 3.5 at Iowa. I wouldn't go lower than three in that one. But I'm okay at three and a half. Early look. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Coach Brian Nay, Central Catholic Knights, going to join us next. Stick around for that and more here on the Hammer Down Show. 1017 Hammer and 101. Welcome back to the Hammer Down Show. 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. We're over to our Blue Fox Eating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Coach Brian Nay, Central Catholic Knights, awaits us. Uh, as uh, the Knights get sent for the uh, kickoff of sectionals this week. Quarterfinals begin as they host Winnemac. Coach, uh, welcome to the program as always. Congratulations. Uh, third there in the Hoosier. I know not the, uh, you know, you, you want to be in that first, second place game, but, uh, you know, you came out last week in a very big downpour, and uh, that would seem to be the type of game that uh, Western traditionally would play very well in. But, uh, boy, Mason Meister Confirmed 100% back, 34 carries, 218 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, we know he's special, but to finally have him back and kind of getting him back in the swing of things, holy smokes, buddy, that was uh, that's a heck of an effort out of him. Thanks for having me, first off. And you can see, I mean, you can see what we, exactly what we were talking about uh, while we were missing him. He's, you know, he's he is a major, he's a, he's a major piece of our offense. And not having him from from week two to week uh, through week seven, you know, it hurt. So uh, I was glad to see him. Uh, I was glad to see him put it together. Obviously, uh, up front, playing much better. Coach Alex Schrader's doing a great job uh, up front with the brand new line uh, this year, and they they've kept improving every week. But yeah, we were really happy to see Mason. You know, get it, get uh, get a lot of touches, and and you know, we're going to need him for a, for a strong. Uh, playoff push you know with that uh heavy downpour that you know we were over the west side and dealt with it too i mean it's not that much different on the south side but i mean that heavy downpour all night uh you, you brought up that offensive line there this is a this is a tough it out kind of game it's got to get done in the trenches and it seems like your boys came to play last week absolutely and, and our defense again was lights out uh the entire night you know turning them over uh three times on on interceptions at the very least, Ray Clayton having two of those, but uh, you know we 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 put our defense in some bad in some bad spots at times, but they uh, they stood up and bowed up and and kept uh, kept Western out of the end zone except for the for the long play in the third quarter. Uh, so so proud of that that unit, so proud of that group and that that coaching staff that uh, you know that our defense has been our rock all year. They've been the, they've been the lone consistent piece um, in all three phases. And, uh, you know, we're going to have to lean on them uh, pretty heavily as well. 
to to make that you know to make the tournament run we all want to make. Yeah, led by uh, Albert Schwartz last week. Who uh, you guys? You you give out awards each week uh, after those wins, and you named one of those awards after uh, the station here, which we appreciate. Normally, people go with like you know they'll name a sandwich after you, but I think we're the only ones that have an, a high school weekly football award named after us. Uh, talk a little bit about the the Schwartz there and uh, how he managed to earn your uh, Hammer Award for the week. Uh, the, Hammer, the Hammer Award goes out to uh, you know any player who. Who's the, who goes above and beyond in, in the, the way that they play the game, their style of play, um, in terms of how it relates to the, the, their physicality. Um, we've got multiple guys who could probably win it every week. We only give out awards when the team wins. Uh, so the, the weeks you didn't see awards, those were following uh, unfortunate losses on Friday. But, uh, yeah, the, the team's got to win first before anybody gets awards. And I think we have 12 awards, but it's fun. Uh, it kind of gives each uh, position coach some ownership on an award as well. Uh, the kids seem to like it. Uh, parents definitely like it, especially when it's one of their kids. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Albert's Albert's play Albert's play all year has been extremely physical. He's he's a menace. Um, whoever ends up picking him up is going to uh, is going to be very very happy. I know he he was on a he was on a visit to Purdue on Saturday after after the game on Friday, and I'm you know I'm hoping everything works out for him and his future as well. But um, you know, he's he's such a consistent player, and, and like I said, he's just a menace. You got the upsides. Two sides to every Schwartz, as uh, we learned from Spaceballs. You got the upsides. That's the good news there, Coach. <laughs> uh, we're talking with Coach Brian Nay here, Central Catholic Knights, on our Blue Fox Heating Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. They'll take on Winnemac here at 7 o'clock uh, over at La Rocca Field Friday night as they kick off Sectional 34. Uh, you've been watching the tape on the Warriors. They've won three of their last four. Talk a little bit about Winnemac. What kind of team are they? What do they do really well? Yeah, I mean they're 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 playing well at the, at the moment, just like uh, we feel like we are uh, heading into the tournament. Uh, like you said, they won three of their last four. Um, defensively, they're 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 pretty. Uh, you know, defensively, they're they're definitely a bend but don't break. Uh, they they play the, they know their schemes. They, they're they're coached up well. Um, you can tell that they that they're very comfortable in what they do offensively. Uh, they like to pound the rock. And uh, we've got to, you know, we've got to be able to match their physicality up front, especially uh, and in the box, and then uh, obviously uh, eliminate any kind of down the field uh, play act, you know, down the field explosive plays off of play action or whatnot. Uh, you know, obviously, like like every week, winning first and second down defensively and getting them into third and predictable is going to be is going to be crucial. You know, this is the time of year now you want to be playing your best football. You've made this run deep into the uh, postseason, and you've gone all the way here. Tell me a little bit about this team. Do you think they have what it takes to make it all the way to Thanksgiving weekend, and, and do you feel like you're playing your best football as you enter sectionals? I feel like we've improved. We've improved every week, and that's 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 huge for us. Um, you know, we with this group I definitely think uh you know I definitely think they got the juice to be able to uh you know to be able to do it but you know you, you talk to if you talk to enough coaches with with enough experience and coaches that have consistently made playoff runs and have 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 even you know have gone the distance I mean there's some luck that goes in that that's involved as well you got to have some you got to have some things go your way uh, obviously you got to stay healthy you know this team fully intact you know, playing their best ball, locked in, focused, playing for each other. Um, I, I don't see why why they couldn't do it. Um, but again, you know, we're we're really trying to be locked in on 
you know, we're really locked in on, on today and, and just getting better in practice today. Uh, try not to put the car before the horse or anything like that. Um, but, you know, the, um, they have, the, I, I think that they have the potential to do whatever they want to do, you know, and it, it's going to be, it's going to definitely be up to them. Um, but, you know, potential, potential is only going to get you so far. It's, you know, it's time to go do, and we're, we're going to find out. You know, we're going to find out about this group. I think very highly of them. It's been one. Of, it's been one of the most enjoyable groups to coach. Our, our senior class is incredible, and uh, you know it's really it's really fun to go to work every day. You know, and I and and I got to thank them for that um, because that's kind of why we got into this business. You know, we want to have we want to have fun. We want to we want to coach ball and uh, you know continue to be a part of the game. So, so yeah, I mean, I know that's a that's a long answer, but. You know, potentially, I, I don't. I don't see why they. I don't see why they can't do whatever they want to do. Coach Brian Nay, Central Catholic Knights. I love how the sectional sets up for them. I think big things are on the way for the Knights here in the postseason because uh, they look to be firing on all cylinders as of right now. Coach, hey, it's always a pleasure talking ball with you here. Best of luck on Friday night and go out there and uh, get yourself a semifinal spot. Thanks, Jared. Appreciate everything you do. Thank you, Coach Brian A. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com with Jared Jessalitis. Thank you for having me on here on this Wednesday. All right, um, they just wrapped this up on Capitol Hill again this week. More NIL talks, uh, this time with Congress. This is about the 10th meeting they've had. Um, Swarbuck made a, made a little bit of a splash the other day uh, with his comments. Uh, Tony Petiti was also testifying in front of Congress about this. They all want to get this NIL thing under control. It's, it is out of control. It is not manageable. It is not sustainable. It is the wild, wild west. And so, you know, the who's who of these athletic directors, they're, they're all out here talking with Congress. They need to get something figured out here. It, uh, the, how do you solve it, right? First off, what are the problems? The problems are we thought that these kids would be able to go do some brand deals, shoot some commercials. Schools are going to be able to offer a little bit of help and making sure they don't get ripped off in some you know scenarios. They were going to put some coin in their pocket. Hey, maybe they get, maybe they make the money off the jersey sales and stuff, and everybody was going to be happy. What it turned into was. Collectives paying directly to athletes to attend universities in return for signing over their name, image, and likeness for use with charities. These guys were collecting money on behalf of the charities to give to the players uh, so they could be compensated for their charity work. That's, that's the loophole there. Nobody seems keen on closing that. But what these universities and these administrators are talking about is they need to figure out a way to be able to loop the kids into the, the money ecosystem here, to, to put the money directly in their pockets. And they don't really have a mechanism to be able to do that. The, the cries, I mean, when you're making $70 million a year in, in TV rights alone, getting a little bit harder and harder to keep the athletes out of the conversation. Now that they're making the NIL, it's just going to, what, 
three to five percent of the athletes, a, a better job has got to be done. And I can't help but think one of the other driving factors is we're, we've got fans and people donating to these collectives that are not necessarily controlled by the school. That's money that could be going in the school's pocket, and they could be determining how to spend that. I can't help but think that in the back of my head, that's where the issue really is. So how do you get there? It seems to be that some kind of collecting, collective bargaining agreement has to be set into place. But there is concern about making these student-athletes employees. You know, if you do that, there are some... Uh, does it give them some protections in some cases? Yes. Uh, can it affect them negatively because of you know laws and, and labor rules and stuff like that? Absolutely. There's also some worry from the NCAA. They believe that Division II and Division III schools will get out of college sports completely and in turn into non-scholarship club sports, which you're taking opportunities away. But there's one thing that they're telling Congress is we got to figure this out and we got to figure this out soon. Otherwise, it's going to be... Um, Way worse than it is now for for the schools, for the athletes, what you can do, what you can't do. States taking it upon themselves to uh, put in these laws here so that they can change things and give their schools, you know, the upper hand. As for the Big Ten, Commissioner Tony Petiti says um, athlete employment is, quote, unmanaged change and with unpredictable results. The end game for these schools is what they want to do is they want to be able to sit down and say, okay, we're all making X amount of dollars. We just want to set it up where you get X percent every year. Boom. We're good. And that there it is. We, we tack it on with your scholarship, and then we just go, we, we move on from there. They want it to be predictable. They want it to be consistent. And they want it to be done with. I don't, it's getting tougher and tougher because you have a lot of, especially older senators and stuff, Manchin said it himself, we're going to have a whole bunch of millionaires uh, as freshmen and sophomores, it's going to be very hard to root for them. A lot of these folks don't like it because we went to school, this stuff didn't happen, no, we went through, we did the same thing with the student loan stuff in the country, right? And a lot of older people, I worked my way through, and times are just, it's, a, it's very, very different. We've gotten to the point now where the money has gotten so big that it's, it's kind of hard to say, hey, they don't at least deserve a little bit of it. But then it, it makes it harder to make those cases to people because you have... Uh, athletes flexing $70,000 watches at the ends of games, taunting fans, things like that. Well, people don't want to see that stuff. The younger generation loves to see that. Older people don't want to see that stuff. I have concerns about putting large amounts of money into young kids' hands. 
because they don't know how to manage it, and that's coming out of schools, right? You can put in if you can put in more uh, the ability for more of the the schools to be involved in that aspect, although they offer, from what I'm told, a lot of them offer classes and seminars and things, and they just, they're not attended well. But it's a recipe for disaster given a kid who is 18 years old, six figures, that doesn't know more than maybe the $1,200 they made over a summer. It's, it's just a recipe for disaster. They don't understand taxes and all that. At least if you turn them into employees, some of that stuff can, some of the risk gets mitigated. I want these kids to get money, but I do not want these kids to blow it or have get themselves into more trouble with it, which can easily happen. Then there's the other side of this coin where we have employees of universities, of public universities now, and you start adding up everything that we're doing for them, and now questions arise as a regular student, questions arise as fellow employees about why people with college degrees that have worked for years and years at these universities are making less and getting less than what an 18-year-old transfer quarterback is, you know, getting. I mean, the resources, the, the money comes from someplace, right? And the universities are going to be willing to part with a certain amount, and they'll be okay. But if it gets to be too much, I mean, the money's going to come from someplace. It's going to come from you and me. It's going to come from taxpayers. It's going to come from fans being charged more. That's how that stuff works. You know, you look at the just the amount of resources that... A Division One Power Five college athlete gets their hands on compared to what a regular student does, and I mean it's not even close. I think that's where a lot of the resistance comes from the older folks. Not just the showing off of the wealth; it's just you start adding up things. You say, "Well, you know, you get your uh, your own private." Uh, uh, Locker rooms, quarters, stuff like that. You you got the housing deal. You got the scholarship. What? How much is that over a year if you're an out of state? So you're already up on that. You you get all the access to the doctors, the nutritionists, all of that stuff too. Um, the seminars. The you got all these dedicated athletic folks that help you find a job. All, you use so much access to that stuff. And I mean, these universities, politicians, they're dollars and cents people. They do the math on that stuff. I want these kids to be able to get, because they are a big factor in why this money is as good for the universities as it is. They deserve some of that. I don't know that if you make them employees, you are, who's negotiating on their behalf? How does that whole collective bargaining then work? I get, can 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds be reasonable about the kind of money that is out there, what they should be paid, what they are? Uh, there's that aspect. The other thing that really burns me, too, here is, in, in doing that, is the threat of Division Two, Division Three, NAIA, those just go into club. It's, it's a club sport. You, you took away uh, opportunities. I would hate to see that. Absolutely hate to see that. I still don't know that Congress is the answer for making this happen. I think the NCAA needs to have a plan. 
come to Congress and say, hey, we need you to do this so that we can implement this plan. We can put the money into these kids' hands. We can have some kind of uh, unity, equity, and we can keep a competitive balance because everybody is playing by the same set of rules. But nobody seems to offer a concrete solution on how to do this yet. And until then, I mean, what are we, what are we going to get upset about? We're going to take one more break here. We'll come back. Hey, we're going to wrap up the Hammer Down Show. That's next. Hey, welcome back. It's the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com as we uh, wrap up here on this Wednesday. Some of the things that we may have missed. And we really can do this James Harden drama where he didn't report to the Sixers practice. He's going to show up looking overweight and demanding a trip. We're going to go through this all over again. If he does, why in the world would you trade for this guy? Because as soon as the chips are down, like this dude's just ready to bounce all the time. I mean, if he's done it twice, what makes you think he won't do it to you guys? Yeah, I just, yeah, I, I don't get it. I do not get it. Uh. Also, I saw this. Caleb Williams reportedly wants partial ownership of whatever NFL dream drafts him. Well, I hate to tell him this, but he can't get it. The, the league has already vetoed that stuff. Remember Aaron Rodgers wanted that? They, you know, they... They didn't even let the Jets get to the point where they said, yeah, sure, no. Uh, the league already bans that stuff from happening. I, how do you, I don't even know how you do that. Like, I understood when guys wanted to get paid in Bitcoin. I didn't think it was a great idea, but I understood when guys want to get paid in Bitcoin, and then they took that game check and they converted it into Bitcoin, and then that's what he got. Whatever player asks for it. This is a little bit different. First off, how much do you ask for? Secondly, how do you determine the value of that? Because that has to go against the salary cap, right? Like, take the Bears, for instance. If you Google how much the Chicago Bears are worth, they'll say $6.3 billion. Is that what they would go for on the market? Uh, maybe. What did we just sell the Broncos for? How much did we sell the Broncos for? I forgot. Was it like uh, $6 million? To the uh, Walmart people? I can't remember. But, uh, no, that wasn't even $5 billion. Okay, so, I mean... It's like there's what your house is owed, and then there's what the market value is. Same thing here. How, how do you do that? I don't even know. Secondly, it's so expensive. Who wants to part with shares? Like, what do you want? Do you want 1% for being the number one overall pick? So if I value the Bears at $6.3 million, that's $63 million. Right? Did I do that right? 1% of $63 billion is $63 million? I hate math. It's not going to happen. I know we're going through this with the uh, with the NIL and 
and guys saying, hey, I'm worth this, I'm worth this, and then finding out, eh, maybe you think you're worth that, but this is what we're willing to pay type deal. But there's, just, there's, there's, no, there's no way that'll ever happen. There's no way. Now, again, we go back to my old theory with the NFL, the XFL, the USFL merging. Not doing well on the Saudi investment fund coming in there, buying it. That could be a tactic there to get these guys to start coming over to that new league instead of the NFL. We'll give you some ownership stake. And then it'll pay off when the NFL's forced to buy them. Just keep an eye on that. I still love that theory, by the way. It might be a little bit of a conspiracy theory. But I still buy that. Uh, shout out to this uh, French nun that I saw on the internet here who tackled an environmental uh, protester trying to blockade the construction of a new church over its carbon footprint. I mean, you got to love the high tackle. I went to Catholic school as a kid. I mean, they're, they're quick with the wrist, man, with those rulers back in the day. But I never saw anybody go tackle high and take down anybody. Shout out to that. Shout out to that nun. Great tackle. I love it. You want to get, though, I'll tell you this. You want to get a little bit lower, though. Don't forget. Low nun wins, okay? And tackle's better than some high school kids. Let's go. That's about all I got. I mean, I, we talked about the Adam Silver thing going back to the East-West um, on uh, the All-Star game. Does that really do a ton for you? It hurts. It doesn't hurt anybody's feelings when they're picked last because LeBron and whoever, you know, want to make fun of somebody or however they want to do it. I never liked that. East-West, that's fine. But if nobody plays defense, I think, that what does it matter whose team they're on? I like the dunk contest. I like the three-point contest. The skills and agilities, eh. But the NBA All-Star game is just... I'll get the highlights on YouTube. I'll get the highlights on Twitter and stuff. I'll see the amazing dunks and all that. It's a game bridge this year. Maybe it would be cool to watch live. But outside of that, like I'm not turning on TNT to watch it. I'm just not. It's really not any fun. It's just a back-and-forth cherry-picking or Steph Curry pulling up from half-court seeing if he can knock down the three. It's just... It's it's trick shots. That's all it is. So forget it. Whatever you want to do, Silver, good luck with that. But I'm out. And that's about it. That's what we got here on the Hammer Down Show. Big thank you to Coach Brian Nay for being on with us. Again, they'll host Winnemac at 7 o'clock this Friday night, one of two games uh, that are starting off locally for us in the sectional. The other one, West Lafayette hosting River Force, will be over that game with a 7 o'clock pregame, 7.30 with the kickoff from Gordon Straley Field as the uh, Red Devils will open up their sectional at home. So there'll be a whole lot of fun there. Uh, make sure you go follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. So that way you don't miss out on your favorite coaches. 
We'll be back again tomorrow at uh, 3 o'clock. Coach Shane Fry will be on with us here. We'll talk about that matchup against uh, River Forest. That's tomorrow back here in the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com.